Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ready for a digital dive? You're listening to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast, the weekly tech and gaming media podcast that breaks down the latest news, lore, and more. So plug in, because the GZ Chop Shop starts now. Yo, what is up, everybody? Project Hitachi here. Welcome back to another week of the GZ Chop Shop podcast, your go-to podcast for everything tech, gaming, news-related. And as always, I am joined by my good friend, co-host Warners, and we have an amazing, thought-provoking episode lined up for you this week. So without further ado, we're just going to dive right in. So if you guys have been keeping up with anything in the tech news world, you have heard that there has been this outcry to cease research on AI advancement for at least six months, which is backed. This urgency is backed by one of the leading faces in AI development himself, Elon Musk. And it, there, there was a petition that went out and it had got, garnered like thousands of, of names of people that are in, you know, the, the AI industry. But it also came out that a lot of those signatures were fake, that a lot of those people did not actually sign on. Um, but that still doesn't take the weight off of it because Elon Musk is still one of the big names. And there's a couple of other big name AI developers in there that did say, yeah, we do want to start pausing research development on AI because the program being developed by OpenAI, the GPT-4, has, and I'm going to use the word evolved, into the level of being able to hold human-level conversation to the point that it, if you guys have listened to our podcast about a year ago, Warners, you probably remember this, we did an episode basically, I think it was called Ghost in the Machine where there was a Google engineer who's working on AI development who basically was let go. And after he was let go, he basically was trying to warn people, hey, AI is nothing to sneeze at. It, it, this thing is learning. It's evolving. It's dangerous. That's programming Lambda, right? Yeah. If I remember correctly. And People were basically, you know, as you would see in a movie, they were saying he was loony, he was off his rocker. And I'm like, hold on. This guy has probably more degrees than half of us that are insulting him. This man worked for Google. He was an engineer. You don't get to work on an AI program at Google as an engineer and not have some smarts about you and not be able to know when something is just amiss in such a project. And here we are over a year later and now even elon musk is saying "Ooh, i know i want to be 
doing this AI thing. You know, I've been one of the leading faces in it, but maybe we should pump our brakes and learn to put in some security measures to limit how far and how much AI can evolve because it's evolving too fast and it's doing too much. It's able to do too much. So to your average consumer right now, you know, you're like, oh, that, that sounds like a problem for the big ways. How is that a problem for us? That is a huge problem. That is a massively huge problem for any, for everybody in your day-to-day because you've got to think a program like GPT-4 can be integrated into anything, anything online. You know, you would not know on a dating app, on a, a contact support site, or, you know, where you're shopping your favorite store, where this AI or an AI has been implemented. Well, look at some of these videos that have been coming out just over the past few months alone uh, on like YouTube and TikTok and stuff of uh, the, these AI programs that are doing the face replications and voice replications. And they look so real that you really can't tell um, unless you're professionally good at editing yourself. It's very difficult to tell if you know that it's not real. Obviously, we know it's not real because the face swaps and stuff, but they look like it is that person. And we're, you know, and, and a lot of researchers have come out and talked about this, that we are entering a point where kind of like what you just said, people are going to be able to create things um, online and, and videos and audio, and you won't be able to tell if they're a real person. Or not. And then you, you combine that with the AI programs right now that, that Elon Musk and many other researchers are and, and tech companies are coming out and saying, hold on, um, back up a second. These programs are, not only acing exams that several people have had predicted wouldn't happen until the late 2020s, but they're holding conversations to the point where you can't tell them apart from humans. And, you know, it's, you, you want to be careful with separating, you, you want to separate like conspiracy and fear mongering with, with logic and science, but I can't help but feel that this stuff is starting to become slightly uncanny and really bizarre and a little bit scary because, you know, we, we, we've talked about the game that we recently played together, Hellpoint and the mm. lore in it yep. and how I think it was in 2027. Yep. It started like, like we started having issues with AI becoming too good. And then there were like several decades later, there was a ban on even creating AI. And the next thing you know, it just turned into a whole mess. And the, the, the uh, AI just developed the idea to wipe out humanity, basically. Yeah, and and if l- let's be honest here, any if 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 any person had the power to logically look at the human race and see what we're doing to each other and to the planet. And how we go about our daily lives and the systems that we implement. The most logical being would be able to look and say, okay, we're a problem. Something needs to be fixed. And if they have the answer and they have the ability, they'd fix it. So who's to say that if an AI program wasn't able to get to that point of logic 
logical reasoning to that extent that it wouldn't want to intervene. And I think that's where a lot of these tech companies, CEOs and, and researchers are coming from is they're, they're saying, okay, let's, let's ban this. I think it's what, six months. Yep, for like six a, a months, six month ban, and the purpose of it is to is for all companies, not just in America but worldwide, to take a step back and logically look at AI and what it's becoming and what it could become, and say, okay, maybe we need to make some rules and regulations here, and work together and go about this safely before we uh, let our arrogance bite us in the ass. And I, I think that's where they're coming from. And I think that's a smart move. Like, why, why push something to such an extent that it's a problem before you had a chance to, to take a step back before you get ahead of yourselves? And one of the big questions, and, and, and AI, like, I don't want people to think, you know, that, like, we're totally against AI. We're, we're not, because even in, in our business, there's certain programs that I use that are, that have AI implemented. Um, but those AIs are designed specifically for those tasks. So my belief is they're not programmed to evolve beyond that. They're programmed to help that business motto specifically. How do I help you give, you know, for like, especially social media, social media is a huge one. The AI is basically, it, it gathers the information on what is trending, what would do well. It takes that information and it either can create the material or create the captions, or it can help. It basically helps you navigate the already established algorithms that everyone's trying to navigate and get your, your stuff out there. And that point, you know, AI is helpful. Uh, I can see the medical uses to, to AI, you know, being able to solve and, and, and calculate things on the fly that the human brain is just not able to to, to computate as we're, as we're using AI now more than ever to in not in place of scientific research, but to aid scientific research in variations of trying to come up with vaccines for diseases and treatments for, for medical diseases. So, you know, we're, we're getting to a point now where scientists can put in information that they know give it to a system and it's able to come up with things that even the scientists and researchers weren't able to do. Cancer was a big one recently. You know, there's a little misinformation going around that, that it cured cancer. That that's not true. People, some of you might've seen the news recently that an AI program found the cure for cancer. That's not true. There's, there's tens of thousands of different types of cancer. There's no one cure for all of them, uh, at least that we're aware of, but what the program did was it piggybacked off all the information that people had put into the, these programs and it in a much more efficient and faster manner came up with the solutions on its own, which is a great thing. Yeah. You know, I did see that. And that came across my feed and, and, and like you said, people were just, you know, they were, they were, they were stirring the pot by just saying, Hey, the AI, AI found the cure for cancer. And like you said, there's, there's so many variations of cancer. It's like, Okay, which variation of cancer? You know, you got skin cancer, breast cancer, uh, testicular cancer, prostate cancer. Which cancer? <laughs> like, you know. Um, so 
yeah, it may have found a solution to one, which, you know, there's been incidences like that even before AI be, became a program, uh, became a thing. Um, yeah. What made me laugh, though, in regards to that were some of the skits where people are saying the government's reaction to the AI solving. <laughs> they were like, we got to shut this down. And I have to wonder. Suddenly like, AI gets banned. Yeah. I have to wonder, though, because of the timing of that supposed cure to maybe one of the possible one of one of the cancers that now we're also shutting down. You know, they're like, oh, we got to shut this down for six months. All of this is seeming to happen around the same time. And I have to wonder that are on the flip side, we have this because of movie media books from long ago that were predicting our downfall at the hands of AI, even as scientific you know as sci-fi entertainment but a lot of it becoming reality today i have to wonder if part of the reason they want to slow down ai research on the flip side is the fear that people will start to learn and realize things that maybe the government was hiding from us maybe there are cures to things that they say we don't have a cure for. And then AI comes along and just makes that information readily available because you have to think AI is an always evolving concept. Just because this AI program is designed by this person doesn't mean another AI program as advanced as GPT could not communicate with a lesser AI program and help it learn. What is to prevent that from happening? The internet is interconnected. Anything on the internet can be accessed from any point, anywhere. So you have an AI that's always online, GPT, and, and it evolves to a point of learning how to connect to other AI and help them evolve. So now your generic chat AI starts giving you loads of information that the government probably doesn't want you to know. So now you're the people become smarter, more informed, learning more than they learn on, on our news media. And then on powerful platforms like TikTok, Instagram, they start to put that information out even more to the masses, people who might not have access to AI chatbot. And then the people become more educated. And then they start learning, oh no, we, we, we were being dumbed down. And then you start having, you know, this this uprising of sorts, the people rebelling. And at the same time, not saying that the AI would be the hero, but what would be the better way for the AI to implement a human wipeout protocol than to have us do it ourselves? You know, I I it's something I've thought about for a long time, and I think. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying I deny that AI could in some distant future gain some form of what we, what we would call consciousness. What I do think is highly more likely is uh, because there's the, the, the pros of AI are also the cons is uh, a future where we're so, he we're, we're so heavily relying on AI that we lose a sense of our own humanity and ability to and this is something something I've touched on before in the past, uh, our ability to 
create things from a human perspective, like art and music um, and ideas and writing, just like how we've talked about companies uh, recently that have been laying off journalists and writers and placing them with AI, even though they've been somewhat denying it. Um, but that seems to be the speculative uh, speculation there. And mind uploading. That's uh that's something that doesn't I don't hear get talked about very often, certainly not on national media. And I think that's because it's a very taboo theory. Um, and, and that's exactly what it is, people. It's a theory. It's it's not real yet, but it is a theory, and it is something that is uh being researched, is called mind uploading. And it's just what you might think it is when you transfer um your own like the, the, the multitude and and entirety of your brain and your memories and your, your personality into an AI program. And you continue to live on forever in that sense. Uh, but you know, and that's, that's a whole other conversation on philosophy and ethics when it comes to robotics. Uh, but it's all very interesting and it just all, it all ties together and what, what is right or wrong and how far are we willing to push AI and where is the line where again, we start losing a piece of our own humanity and in a sense, dumbing ourselves down because we're no longer capable of doing certain, whether it's uh, creative arts and again, music um, ideas, writing, uh, just doing basic math. You know, we rely on things so much. So I think it could definitely shove a, a sort of um, maybe a, a spear uh, in the middle of what we're, quite capable of doing and what we're eventually with the possibility of this happening, unable to do on our own because we're so heavily reliant on robotics and AI and, and more so in the future. And I think that's where these companies are coming from. And, and Elon Musk, I have my opinions about Elon Musk. I'm not like, yeah, Elon Musk, uh, just like I am with a lot of companies and CEOs in that field, but they raise very valid, uh, points when they're talking about their concerns of AI. And I, I do think a conversation needs to be had in general with these companies and with the you know, powers that be in the world about, I guess, regulating AI. Just honestly, just for our own sake. So with all that said, where, in your opinion, do you see us in probably the next rounded off 10 years if we do not and this is speculative uh of course my opinion but if we do not start regulating rules and regulations when it comes to research in ai um very carefully like has been suggested by by elon and many of these companies i can see us becoming not just so reliant on ai that as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. 
Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You see a sort of like what you said, a dumbing down of the general population uh, and, and, and loss of our ability to uh, or create like pure creativity from a human aspect. Uh, but I worry what it does, what it'll do to information that's shared online and trust between humans and in general, you got to think these, these programs even now are driving a wedge in, into all of us in society as, as far as like what's real and what's not. And let's be honest. Most people, they don't understand how to look up reliable resources. They don't understand anything above basic mathematics and science. So when they're presented with information uh, or you know, people or people standing up and saying something uh, regarding whatever topic, a lot of them just kind of go with it because it sounds good, right? They don't, they don't really understand, like, is this real or not? And, should I? and that's not to say they're necessarily stupid, but we do have a problem with at least in this country, I can't speak for the rest of the world with um, a level of ignorance that is almost like it's on purpose. Like we're completely okay with being ignorant of information and, and understanding what is and isn't real or true. Yeah. As long as we just kind of doesn't affect our immediate life. I think over the next 10 years, if, AI doesn't start getting regulated more appropriately. We're going to start seeing a huge issue and and an even greater division in, in at least again on, in this country, um, in society because information and what, and the images and videos we're seeing, we won't be able to tell them apart. At least most people won't be able to, they won't understand how to do that or why they should be doing that at all. You know, how many, how many times have you watched a video or seen something and you knew it was complete shit oh, yeah. or maybe you looked it up just to kind of clarify, let me check out a reliable resource because, because it piqued your curiosity, right? True or not. You looked it up and, and, and maybe you saw the comments and everyone's like, yeah, hell yeah, blah, 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 whatever. And you're just like, what the f- actually like, like for this. So it's, yeah, it's the, the, the very things that make AI great are something that should be a concern as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be a, and I, the, the biggest downside. threat is, is, is what we'll do to ourselves and what we won't accomplish on our own because of AI, not necessarily some form of AI consciousness. And yeah, like how many human based skills will we lose to AI that, you know, a hundred years from now, humans will no longer know how to do those things. And that history will be exclusively left to AI. Exactly. And which I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the biggest issues that are still to this 
today, despite what's happened the past few years, um, one of the biggest issues we're going to have in the near future is people in the workforce being replaced with robotics and AI. And we're seeing it, you know, we kind of, kind of laugh at it a little bit like, Oh, you know, so there's self checkouts and stuff, but so many fast food restaurants, so many businesses that can't afford it are replacing people with self-efficient robotics of some kind. And even Walmart just came out with a pretty, pretty wild statement that they're going to replace 65% of their workforce with AI and self-checkouts, robotics. And that's, that's the goal, 65%. Now imagine if you take that number and you apply that to the entire, we'll just say just this country alone, okay? That is a lot of people. That is hundreds of thousands of people, if not a few million people at, at minimum, that would be out of the job. So the question, again, and this, this kind of goes further into philosophical ethics and, and, and uh, economy, and, and it just really branches out, but it all goes together. At what point can you, can you say, okay, people don't have jobs because they're lazy, or people don't have jobs because of X, Y, Z? At what point do you draw the line and say, okay, I get it now. People don't have jobs because they're being replaced with machines. So what do we do with all these people that aren't working? What, what happens to the population? Do you just let everyone be homeless? I mean, not everyone can get a degree. And okay, let's say everyone did do the thing that you said, and, and they weren't lazy, and they worked hard, and they got degrees. What are they supposed to do in a saturated market if everyone has the handful of degrees that can't be replaced by robotics? These are real questions that people are studying, but it's not something that's openly talked about, but it's a very real threat to our society and to our economy, to the world economy. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean to paint some grim picture, but I do think it's something that should be discussed. And I'm, I'm by all means, I'm not, you know, an expert in this area, but I do have enough of an understanding to appreciate the problem that it can cause. <clears throat> for, for me, and this is probably a hundred years and we won't be around to see it happen, but I would say at some point, we would have to expand beyond our little blue planet because then, like you said, what would there be left for us to do if AI can do the basic and even advanced jobs we have people doing now without human error? And then you think, well, you know, either everyone would become factory workers building the machines. But then eventually you would have just the machines building the machines without human error, without risk of injury, and it would be way cheaper. We would head into, and you've heard me say it before, we would head into an Elysium-like phase where the rich are no longer even probably on our planet. You know, the yeah. people who invested in this and they have the money, they separate themselves from the masses so they no longer make it their problem. They live their luxury life elsewhere. I mean, look, you already got the wealthy people trying to build space stations up there. People seem to forget that, but they're already working on that. The wealthy can buy parts of the moon. They already have claim ownership of the moon. A lot of people probably don't remember that, but people are already buying plots of land on the moon. Why would you do can't that? Can't even buy a fucking house. <laughs> like, they're like, and, and that's theirs. So even if they 
leave and die, it's left to their offspring if they put in their wealth. My plot of land on the moon. And they keep passing it down until eventually they got their moon house. I, <laughs> I love talking about this stuff. It's very fascinating to me. It's just hard to talk about it without bringing everyone's mood down because it, it does come off like I'm painting a grim picture here. But I, I just feel like there are things that should be discussed. Yeah. And we all naturally, we all just kind of ignore them. Now, obviously, I'm not going to let it and, and none of us should let it like affect us to where we can't work and like function. Right. But they should all on, an, on, on some intellectual level be discussed because they are very real things in the future that if we're not careful, you know, it could bite us in the ass. But, now, as far as leaving the planet, that's a whole other story. I mean, it takes astronauts years to even train for that. So I'm curious how they would possibly, even if we had the tech right now to colonize and move outside the planet. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that, the amount of training that takes the astronauts, like how would we even, I don't know. That's another rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah, that, that's a whole conversation. There's other thoughts I have on it, too, that I would like to delve into. But if you guys want the more in-depth conversation on this, go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash OSM media. Uh, that's where we'll have a more in-depth conversation on the AI, AI programs, our thoughts, theories, conspiracies, all that. And you can even um, leave comments. You can ask questions. Yeah. And if you really want to, you can even apply to be part of the show. Yeah, yeah, because we would let, we would love to hear from you guys and and get your views, especially your if you're an, an an expert in in a particular area. We'd love to love to pick your brain. Yeah, absolutely. So patreon.com forward slash OSN Media. Go check it out. It'll be a special episode only on Patreon. Um, so make sure to go check that out. Okay, so our next topic, um, kind of not like not as intense as the AI thing. We we came out of the gate pretty strong, uh, but it's Google. In the news again in South what Korea. What did they do? What did they do this time? Um, so Google has breached, uh, well, you know, they've breached the South Korean FTC, Federal Trade Commission's, um, I guess, laws. And I want to just generalize and say on monopolizing. So South Korea is fining Google $32 million for blocking developers from releasing games on rival platforms. This oddly sounds familiar. Didn't they get in trouble with India like last year? Yeah, they've been in trouble a few times with a few different companies and uh, a few different countries and and a handful of, of companies as well. Yeah. So the same thing. For, from 2016 to 2018, it seems like Google was telling game developers that their games had to be exclusive to the Play Store for that time frame. Where South Korea said, now hold on. You're making it pretty obvious. You're fucking up. Is the rival Korean exclusive uh, version of the Play Store that came out launched in 2016, the same time Google went and started telling the game developers, "Up, oh, up, oh, your game has to be exclusive to us from 2016 all the way to 2018." Now, for a new rival company, that is a death sentence. Because they were coming on saying, hey, you can release your game on our platform as well. I believe their store was called the One Store. And then as soon as they launch, Google drops this, this hammer on dev saying your game must be exclusive. If it's on our store, it has to be exclusive to, to 2018. Because that would strangle their rival for almost three years. For most businesses, that's a death sentence. 
because then the, their rival has nothing to offer. And everyone knows most of the time you go in an app store, you're downloading a game. Because what? You, you, on average, you'll probably have maybe hmm, three, four social media apps. Everything else is bloatware that's already on your phone. So everything else you pretty much go to the app store for is probably a game. So they were putting the stranglehold on a rival company that came out. And this is when South Korea had to step in and say, hey, no, you, you can't do that. So, yeah, it was called the one store, a local peer of Google's Play Store was founded in June 2016 by South Korea's three telcos, SK Telecom, KT and LG U plus and Internet giant Naver. Um, and then it goes on the article goes on to say Google's local market share in the mobile Android app market increased to approximately 90 percent to 95% in 2018, up from 80% to 85% in 2016. So basically, they forced their growth by suffocating the competition by forcing developers to only make the games exclusive on their platform. And it says, while one store's market share accounted for about 5% to 10% in 2018, which fell from 15%, it, uh, from 15 to 20 percent in 2016. So basically, Google shoulder checked out the competition, just like they did in in in, in India. And India took a problem with it and sued them. So here we have it. I think it's pretty clear to say now Google's policy, which is so funny because Google became the very bully they fought against when they took Microsoft to court for doing what? The same thing. The same thing. And now Google's doing it. And they just, I think they just have to, they, they're just, this is them flaunting their wallet for sure. Yeah. Cause 40, anything just over $40 million. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. That's a big fine, but to Google, that's, that's nothing. That's pocket change. But the thing is, the money that they're being fined for, that they probably made double that in that time. Sure, they, they achieved their goal. That. Yeah. They, they, they achieved their goal. So now these, like, yeah, you can take your 32 mil. But is, we, we I, I wonder if the, the 40, what is it, 42 million? I, I wonder if that really just covers, you know, uh, damages that they, you know, for, for, Profits that, they didn't make. Yeah. Like, what, what, is their, how, what, are, what is their goal here? Even if they, if, if the FTC, South Korea FTC is suing Google for 32 million and we'll say in damages, that money's got to get split. So Google drops the 32 mil, but it's not like one person. Oh, 30, 32 mil. mil. Okay. Yeah. So that 32 mil has got to be split again uh, up between SK, LGU plus, uh, and like, what is it? Naver. That's got to be split among like four or five tech companies. <clears throat> Half of them are even—they're not even going to walk away with ten mil. <laughs> like, so it, it's barely—they're barely getting any any anything back. And Google probably made three times that amount because they strangled for three years. So basically, South Korea is charging them about ten million per year that they had that strangle on them 
They're charging them 10 million, 2016, 17, 18. So they're charging about 10 mil. Google probably can make that in like a week. <laughs> they're like, they're like, okay, here, here's your 32 mil. We, we achieved our goal because now those developers, because that game was exclusive on that platform for three years, look how hard it is for us to adjust to something new now. Those developers are not going to want to suddenly move and adjust to new platforms. They might integrate and move on. They might integrate and add, but they're not going to want to up and move. So Google is still going to make money from those developers. So it's like we pay you 32 million now. Cool. We're going to make it literally back in like three years, maybe less, because guess what? Those developers are still on our platform. Your clients know their game is on our platform. You launch your new store. Sure, people will see that you have a new store, but they're going to go where they trust and we've forced them to trust us. So the first thing they're going to think of when a game is announced is us. Mission accomplished. So they still are going to they still won that battle. Because now everyone else is going to think that one store could not doesn't have a, a, a good reputation. No, they don't have that credibility because Google didn't allow them to gain credibility. And that that's that's messed up. That's really, really, really messed up. And the more I watch it's Google, pretty common more, of these tech companies to be pretty hypocritical, especially when they get to the point where they start making billions of dollars. Yep. And we see it time and time again. They all call foul on each other and then turn around and do the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Become the very thing they said they hated would never become. Google's the biggest hypocrite right now of them all sucks it really really sucks that's just a little bit of food for thought for you guys to uh to wrap up the episode like i said we came in strong came in came in strong some heavy hitters but all this stuff you guys can can check it out you can google search it <laughs> it's freaking google bad but we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions so if you guys have some something you want to say some add-ons to the show maybe something that you're an expert in the field on and you want to inform us about visit our website osntacmedia.com click on the shows page jz chop shop and submit your thoughts there for us to review and maybe play on a future episode we would love to hear from you guys and if you guys want the more extended versions of these episodes where we really hash out our thoughts check out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash osmedia for our extended episodes there and visit the gzshop.com to grab yourself some exclusive merchandise from our store we got a spring sale going on right now 20 percent off everything so go check it out, jeezyshop.com. Anyway, you guys have been amazing. Thank you for your time hanging out with us. Take care of yourself and each other. We'll catch all of you wonderful people on the next episode. Later. What's up, everyone? Project Atachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.